and it's part of this evolution of really growing into, like you were saying earlier, is unique individuals that trust ourselves and own our power instead of people who are shepherded by authority unconsciously. Welcome to the Find Your Voice podcast, a show where we believe in the power of the written word to create positive change in your personal life, your community, and the world. I'm your host, Allison Fallon. Whether you're an aspiring author or someone who swears they're not a real writer, we're here to show you how a regular practice of writing will help you access your intuition, make an impact, and find your voice. Join me for interviews with authors, writing prompts, and stories of how even simple words change lives. On today's episode of the Find Your Voice podcast, I interview author, creative business incubator, and intuition expert, Kim Chesney. When I first saw the title of Kim's latest book, which by the way is Radical Intuition, A Revolutionary Guide to Using Your Inner Power, I immediately knew I needed to get her on the show so you all could hear from her. And also, totally selfishly, I wanted to learn from her too. In this episode, Kim and I talk about what intuition is what keeps us from understanding and listening to our intuitions, and how using the power of our intuition can help us have a positive impact in the world. But perhaps even more importantly for the sake of this show, she and I talk about how intuition is connected to creativity, and specifically how writing can help us access our intuition. So I asked Kim this question on the show today, and you're not going to want to miss the answer that she gives. This is super, super important. If you've ever had a sense that there's a powerful voice inside of you that can lead you on the path that's right for you, even if that wouldn't be what's right for somebody else, you're not going to want to miss today's episode. Kim gives you practical tips that you can use right away to begin hearing and understanding your own intuition. There literally could not be a more important time in our world to be tapping into our own internal and personal power to create change in the world. So, Enough talking, let's get right to it. All right, I'm here today with Kim Chesney. Thanks for joining us, Kim. Thanks for having me, Allison. I am so excited to talk to you about intuition and about your book, Radical Intuition. This is a topic that has fascinated me and in many ways eluded me for most of my life. So I feel like I have a thousand questions for you. And I actually feel like prepping for this interview, I was felt like I was prepping for a coaching call. I think you're going to teach me a lot. So. <laughs> Good. <laughs> well, you're not alone. A lot of yeah. people have questions about this stuff. So I agree with you. I agree. I want to start, though, with the question that I start with in all of these interviews, which is related to intuition. What does it mean to you to find your voice? Oh, oh yeah. It is totally related to intuition. I mean, intuition to me is, I mean, really, truly all about finding your voice, finding mm-hmm. that right voice, that voice that's truly you. You know, we have a lot of voices that are in our head. We have critical voices. We have all sorts of um, conditioned voices from the way we've been raised and from the, you know, the people around us. But finding that true voice, finding who you are and how you can serve and bring that voice into the world. I and mean, that's one of the most powerful and important things we can do in life. I love it. Mm-hmm. Can you give us a little bit of like a flyover of your life and career? And you don't have to you know, go into every detail, but just give us a sense of like how you got here teaching people how to access their own intuition. 
Yeah, you know, it really, for me, it was a very counterintuitive path. Uh, you know, I've always, you know, since I was a very young person, been interested, like you, I've always had an affinity for understanding this, being a naturally intuitive person, right? When, when you mm. felt intuition and experience it, you want to understand it, and you know that it really is something that's beneficial. Uh, so, that, you know, I've always had that as the background noise of my life. But my pathway with, you know, with my career really went through the arts because, you know, people who are artists and creative, yeah. they're very naturally writers, you know, very natural intuitive. So people who have this natural intuitive talent when, when they're born, which, I mean, everyone has intuition. I want to preface by saying that it's not just certain people that have it. Everyone has it, but some people are just naturally more open to it. So, this yeah. is, you know, you know how it, so you get people like who are really creative and innovative just by their nature. And so- for me, that pathway went through the arts, you know, and that led me into technology, which is some a place that I never expected to be working with innovators and tech companies. And that was really where I built my career in that space and, and really used my intuition to really do new and innovative things that I, I never would have anticipated doing in my life. But all of that, looking back on it, really prepared me for where this book is right now and for the message that's coming out, which is which is really one of, you know, intuition not being something that's on the fringe anymore, not being something woo, not being something occult. It's really something that's a natural part of our consciousness and our cognitive functions. So all of this kind of weaves together over the years to create this this message for what I think is at the perfect moment in time yeah. that we need this right now. I think you're so right about that. We have this misunderstanding about intuition where I think we think of intuition like you're talking about as being this like woo-woo kind of out there thing. Intuition can't really be trusted and what we have to trust is logic. And this is one of the things that's fascinated me for so much of my life because I do consider myself fairly naturally intuitive. And and I've also resisted that because I also have what we – mostly most often call a typical type a personality mm-hmm. where I really like things to be in order and mm-hmm. and I'm a high achiever and I you know I'm always trying to like I guess on the negative end of the spectrum trying to like impress people and look mm-hmm. amazing and then mm-hmm. also I just really like the feeling of accomplishing things so how do you how do we navigate a world that tells us or even like an inner dialogue that tells mm-hmm. us you know to follow the train of logic mm-hmm. versus to follow the that that urging inside of us that's coaxing us in another direction? That's a wonderful, wonderful question. Really, that's at the core of an intuitive awakening. You know, what, what you're talking about right now is, is getting to this place that most people don't realize you don't have to be an intellectual, you don't have to be a type A person or a left brain person, and you don't, or you don't have to be an intuitive person or a creative person. The trick, the key here right now is to find the balance between them both. Mm. And how, you know, that kind of fusion thinking is really something that, you know, I, I was introduced to through technology and working with Carnegie Mellon University. And they started doing all of these multidisciplinarian degrees where people would come out with a degree in computer science and would be required to also take art classes, right? So, so yeah. it's fusing both sides of our brains and m- kind of merging the intellect and intuition as complementary forces instead of opposing forces. It's really a huge shift when you we step into that place where we can honor our intuition and honor our mind. But like the, you know, the quote from Einstein says, we don't know if he really says it or not, but it's out there on the internet is, you know, the mind should be the faithful servant of our intuition. 
Mm-hmm. And that's really when you have that working, when you have, cause intuition, it comes fast. It's so easy. You just receive it. It's just, it's just not something you have to go out and get a PhD to, to have. It just, it yeah. just comes, right. You just have to learn to open to it and start to honor it. But when you get these intuitions that come so immediately and they really you use them to inform the mind and inform our choices. And that's how we start creating these really cool things and these innovative things and these, this change in our life that allows us to find that true voice and express our true, th- true self. So it's a really good question. Uh, and I'm not anti-mind. I'm not anti-intellect. We need to be smart. I mean, it's so important to be smart. But the problem is we've been taught, we've been conditioned that our intuition is secondary when it's really primary and that's the big, mm-hmm. the big twist, right? It's, it's, it, we've been taught wrong our whole life. We've been taught to think wrong. I mean, it's yeah. as simple as that it's backwards. So when we flip that and we start thinking first with our intuition and then using our really, really smart brains to bring that intuition into reality and to honor it, then we start living extraordinary lives and doing extraordinary things. Hmm. How do we tell the difference between intuition and fear? Another great question. And that is something that the more I can, first of all, I'm going to say the more you start to pay attention to intuition, the more you start to use it, the more clear that difference becomes. Now, the first thing I would say to people when, because I get that question a lot. I mean, the people there, the, the biggest thing about intuition, when, when I started writing this book, one of my, the challenges I had to deal with is we've never had a real singular definition of it. So people don't really know what it is, yeah. right? So you're, you're like, is it my fears? Is it a gut feeling? Is yeah. it a knowing, right? So it has all these different sort of manifestations. So it can be very confusing. So so people just kind of like, okay, I don't, even, I don't even want to try and figure this out. But the first step in, in making that differentiation is knowing that your intuition is not an emotion, right? It might make us feel something, but it may, it's emotive, right? It's emotive. It's not emotional. So uh, your intuition will call you to something. It'll move you to something, right? It'll help you to feel resonance with something, but it's not something that's going to be like an emotion that just takes over you and you're like freaking out. Like if you have a feeling like that, an emotion, then something else is going on, right? So that's usually driven by a fear or an ego reaction or something like that. So really knowing that with your intuition, it comes to you from a still quiet place. Even if it's delivering powerful information, there'll be like a solid abiding stillness that comes with it. And sensing that over time, the more you get to sense how that intuition feels within you, you'll be able to use that as sort of a litmus test to know, okay, so this is yeah. me through my fears, right? Yeah, definitely. So what you're saying is when you listen to your intuition, it's almost like it gets louder or it gets more yeah. pronounced yes. and you start to trust it more. That resonates with me and with my experience. I, I also, I think one of the biggest things that has kept me from trusting my intuition over the years is experiences where I had an intuition about something and I acted on it or I, you know, spoke up mm-hmm. about it. And either coming from the outside or coming from an inside voice, I was shut down for some yes. reason. So like, for example, I was in a relationship where I was like, it feels like something's going on that you're not telling me about. Mm. And over and over and over again, I was told, you're crazy, that mm. you're making things up, you're causing drama, mm. you're just being, you know, difficult. And then come to find out, sure enough, there, there was right. something going on that I wasn't being told about. So in that circumstance, thankfully, at the end of it all, it helped me, it really bolstered this idea that my intuition was, yes. was right on. But then I also have had experiences where, you know, my intuition is telling me to like quit a job or mm-hmm. something like that. And so I do it and I kind of am hanging out here on a limb and then things don't go very mm-hmm. well for me. <laughs> right. Okay. 
Well, so yeah, talk about yeah, that. I have two two responses to that. And the first thing I have the first thing I want to say is you know, people say what happens when your intuition's wrong, but the answer to that is intuition is never wrong. Okay, mm. so first of all, we have to, an intuition is literally synonymous with truth. So it, it cannot be wrong. <laughs> it is yeah. truth. Okay, so the problem is first, first thing that can happen is we can get our wires crossed, we can mistake a feeling for an intuition. And it happens, you know, things can feel like, oh, this, we get really excited. Like, I've been really excited about things. And I've thought that, oh, this means this is great. But then I look back on it, I'm like, okay, no, that was just, that was me getting excited about something wasn't necessarily my intuition. Right. Mm-hmm. But on the other hand, I'm not saying you're into that you got it wrong because sometimes, and, and this is what happens a, a very large part of the time when we have these kind of um, glitches and so to speak in our intuition is that we don't really understand the big picture. So remember when you're called to do something, your intuition has that 360 view, right? You're like, it's like you're going down a river and you can only see what's around and up to the next bend, but your intuition, it can see, you know, miles and miles ahead, you know, and it might, yeah. your intuition might be telling you to pull off because there's a waterfall up there ahead. And you're like, okay, I feel like I should pull off. And you pull off and you get like bit by a snake. And you're like, oh my gosh, I never should have pulled off. But it was better than like going over the waterfall and dying. You know what I'm saying? Yes. So yeah. we don't always see the outcome. We can, we can be intuitively guided to do things that don't have the expected outcome that, that we get. You know what I mean? Yes, totally. And also, I think what you're saying that is resonating with me too is sometimes we think, I mean, I actually say this to writers sometimes too, like mm-hmm. you think that one thing is the outcome, but you haven't actually waited long enough yes. for the real outcome. So exactly. I might tell myself, well, my intuition was wrong because I got this bad outcome, but what if I would have just ha- hung on a little longer for the better outcome? Right. And I could have seen how my intuition really um, was. Yeah. Like, and it's always 2020, like, like once, you know, there's so many different connections that could be made. Like you, you might've thought, well, I shouldn't have done this because, you know, this, this wasn't great. But then you find out like three years from now that that uh, connection with a certain person that you made by doing this opened some door down the road that you never would have realized, you know, so that's how I really have come to understand those things. It's all meaningful and it's all part of quote unquote failing forward. You know, it's part yeah. of the discovery process. So don't fear if things don't seem to be right with your intuition. <laughs> Sometimes, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And the other thing too that's occurring to me right now is our intuitions. If we think of our intuitions as the sort of higher voice within us, mm-hmm. they're always inviting us into places of growth and mm. opportunity. And and places of growth and opportunity actually are wrought with challenge and frustration mm. and insecurity and vulnerability because you know the only way for us to heal from those places is to experience them and. And so it makes sense that our intuition would invite us into these places that might not immediately seem favorable, but in the long run actually are for our best interest. Absolutely. And and that's why intuition goes so hand in hand with discovery and risk. And you hear yeah. people taking all this because that's, that's the zone of intuition because that's where the growth happens. Because intuition is yes. all about your growth. It's all about becoming more or who you're meant to be, not more. I mean, you are, you are enough, right? But it's about stepping into that place where you can yeah. shine. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. I'm guessing there are people listening who I'm thinking of myself maybe 10 years ago here who are like, this is something about this is really speaking to me. Mm -hmm. I feel a little scared. Mm -hmm. I have a a great sense that my life is meant to be something a little different or a little richer than it is. But I I don't really have the first clue where to start as it relates to Mm -hmm. listening to my intuition. What are some thoughts that you'd have for them? 
Yeah. And I think for, I have been, I remember being in that position as well. And, you know, you know, I think everybody's at a different place in their intuitive journey. Some people have been developing their intuition without even consciously working on it. Other people are just kind of opening up to it. But really, I think the truth of it is we start where we're at and we start in small steps. So the first Mm -hmm. thing that anybody any of us can do when we're whether we're just starting out on our intuition or whether we want our intuition to be stronger is create more white space in our life and you know I I couldn't say this enough being busy being overwhelmed being stressed out having dramatic life situations all of those things are like kryptonite for our intuition Mm. you know it all just kind of it distract their distractions they suck out our energy they create a kind of static that prevents our intuition from really getting through on a regular basis I mean, that's why a lot of us, right? We've had these little intuitive moments where we just knew things throughout our life, things will pop in. But to get into that place where your intuition is speaking to you 24-7 and you can rely on it constantly, we have to just open up and go into that stillness, right? Can I pause here for a second? Because this feels really important, especially given the period of time that we're living in, Mm -hmm. where, you know, like at the time I'm talking to you, we're like weeks away from the biggest election in history, the 24 hour news cycle is like, you know, I don't know if this is just my perception or if it's reality, but it feels like it's at the height of its drama. And, you know, there's all this pressure to sort of be sucked in to the vortex of Mm -hmm. political arguing and the noise and just everything. Mm -hmm. So I want to just talk about like, how do we even make white space for ourselves in this current climate? Yeah, and it's so hard. I mean, I, I, I've wrestled with that on a daily basis, too, because, you know, we, we need to participate in life. We, and that's sort, of the, that's sort of the rub. You know, we can't just we can't step out of life. I mean, this is the world around us and we want to make change and we want to be a positive force in the world. So we have to be informed. Mm-hmm. But I think that, you know, we really have to set boundaries for ourselves. And especially when it comes to social media and checking the news and all of that stuff so that, you know, we do it in a way that, you know, maybe there's a certain time of day that we just look at it in the morning, like for like 15 minutes or in the evening for 15 minutes, something so that we don't, we don't let it consume us because it becomes toxic. And, and that, right. You know, that feeling that you get, it it really does. um, It takes you off your center and your intuition wants you to be in that place of calm and, and happiness and joy and all of the things that we love in life. That's where our intuition takes us, right? That's, that's the space, the healthy space of the human being and our mind. It's our mind that takes us out Mm -hmm. of that, right? It's all of the thoughts, all of the fears, all of this craziness, you know, actually it's it's sort of counterintuitive, but if you say to yourself or acknowledge to yourself that actually by checking out of that a little bit, giving yourself permission to check out of that. It's not that you're being derelict in your responsibility in the world. It's actually, you're actually contributing to your role in the world because you're opening up space for your intuition, your inner guidance to talk to you and show you yes. and teach you, right? Ways how you can go out and serve and how you can make a difference. That's Instead, so you know what I mean? It's because it's not a one size fits all thing. The way mm-hmm. that we're, each of us are going to contribute to the betterment of the world is going to be really specific to Mm -hmm. our unique set of skills and passions and, you know, purpose in the world. So it's not just about finding whatever cause and hopping on board. It's, it's really about like finding your path and your track to where you can contribute the most possible value. Well, well, you know, in your time here on earth. Exactly. I think another thing that's gotten in the way for me of hearing my intuition is, 
you know, you've mentioned the drama a couple of times and I'm thinking about myself, you know, 10 years ago or maybe even five years ago, really not being capable of letting go of the drama because it was the only thing I knew. In fact, Mm. if it, it felt almost worse for there not to be this kind of external drama happening mm-hmm. in my sphere because then I would suddenly realize how m- much internal drama there was, how much anxiety mm-hmm. I felt. Mm-hmm. So if someone's listening and they're feeling that way, I just remember a time when it was like every relationship I had in my life was kind of dramatic. I was always having something like kind of scary or dramatic happening to me. It was like there was always something. Does that yeah. does that make sense? What well I mean, I think it's part of the growth process. I think in our when we're younger and and we're in earlier stages of our development, those situations, those dramatic situations, provide theaters for us to grow and change and evolve. So mm-hmm. you know, so you know, it's it's normal. I think for people, I don't want people to feel bad about having situations in that, that like in their life because that is a learning. You know, that's like life experience is a valuable learning tool. But then eventually, you'll get to a point which I think we, we all do, you know, you get to a point where you say enough of that. I want to learn a different way. And that's when you start to make that shift where you start to trust yourself. And, and, and then the drama naturally sort of, sort of falls away then in that situation because yeah. you're starting to create a different environment and you don't attract it anymore. Okay. I'm, I'm just throwing all the obstacles at you here. <laughs> the other thing right that's gotten in the way of me trusting my own intuition is not just outside voices, but these really powerful outside voices. Like, for example, I grew up in a religious community that was very fundamentalist and had a certain way of seeing things and seeing the world. And it felt really terrifying for me to let go of that. Um, But, you know, even if people listening, if that's not the same, they don't, they might not have the same life experience, but like, I'm going to go here, but the -hmm. (laughs) the political Mm -hmm. administration that we're living under right Mm now is a similar kind Mm -hmm. of, there's like an authority and like a power and an abrasiveness to it that can make us think if we don't have a handle on our own intuitions, I think these powerful voices can make us feel like, well, he is in charge. He must be Mm -hmm. right about these things without really verifying it with our Mm -hmm. own intuition. Mm -hmm. So can you talk about that a little bit? Like if people are feeling kind of like stuck about which to trust, how do you, yeah. yeah. It's scary. It really is scary. And, and this isn't anything new. I mean, it's at a, it's really at a climax right now in our world. I think it's all coming to a head because we're finally getting to a point where we need to, you know, deal with the kind of mass conditioning that our culture creates in our life. Mm. And I think we have, been living with unconsciousness too long. We've, you know, I honestly say one of the biggest crimes that have been, has been perpetrated against humanity is, is the lie that we don't have intuition and that intuition doesn't exist because, you know, we've been taught not to listen to that voice, to listen to what other people are saying and to listen to authority and to listen to, you know, even like the knowledge systems and the historical canons and everything and, and just accept it. You know, but, but our intuition, you know, our spidey senses go off when things don't yeah. add up, right? Something doesn't feel right. And, you know, now is the time where more and more people are coming together to say, you know what? No, we're going to listen to that and we're going to honor that because it's real and we're not going to be, you know, conditioned to, to into this unconsciousness anymore. And it really is a kind of awakening. It's waking up to a higher awareness. And it's a shift that's happening. You see it. I mean, all of the movements that's happening with social justice, it's all tied into people, you know, waking up and standing up. And, and, and it's part of this evolution 
of really growing into, like you were saying earlier, is unique individuals that trust ourselves and own our power instead of people who are shepherded by authority unconsciously. Boom. Boom. Yes. Mic drop. (laughs) (laughs) That's that. Because it's our cultural conditioning and because the culture is so pervasive, Mm -hmm. it's like telling a fish that they're in water. Like Mm -hmm. you just don't. Yeah. It really takes so much effort to figure out what that statement even means, you Mm -hmm. know? Mm -hmm. And then once you do, there's no putting the the toothpaste back in the tube. Right. Once it's out, it's like, whoa. It's right in front of my face all the time. Yeah, with a lot of those situations too, it, 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 it you know tying it into current events is it is associated with suffering and pain. That's the that's a key to wake us up. You know, some of us we get lucky and we're just like oh we naturally wake up like our life is evolving and yes life is becoming clear. And then in other cases we need to get that gut punch. We need to get our eyes open and like wow that's really happening. Like that's real. Like I need to wake up right. So so that's I think having a lot of this tension and turmoil is indicative of, you know, how we can touch more people with this awareness. It's so true. In my life, the awakening was going through a divorce. Mm-hmm. And the relationship I was talking about before where I was like, it seems like something might be going on that I don't know about. And mm-hmm. then all of a sudden I was like, oh, definitely something has been going on that I don't <laughs> know about. It was like a total disillusionment and destruction of everything that I knew to be or thought to be true in my life. Mm-hmm. And so much pain, like you're talking mm-hmm. about. The pain just felt at points unbearable. Mm -hmm. And on the other side of it, I'm like, thank God for the pain and thank God for the shattering because now I get to live in a life that feels so much more sturdy and so much more steady that even when things happen, like, you know, 2020 has been a crazy year for everyone, but there's a lot of turmoil in the world and it doesn't affect me quite the way that it used to affect me when Mm -hmm. it felt like if there's turmoil in my external world, then I feel like I'm melting down inside. So, you know, I mean, I guess it's another another piece of evidence of what you're saying that my intuition led me on this path of personal growth that although it's been painful, it's been the most revolutionary thing that's ever happened to me and something I'm very, very grateful for. Right. Yeah. You're grateful for the pain that wakes you up because it hurts at the time, but at the Mm -hmm. end, you know, and that's how, you know, that journey for intuition can be so counterintuitive because it might not feel right when it's happening because you're just like, this isn't what I signed up for. Like what? Yeah. And then a year later, when you have that 2020 vision, you're like, okay, yeah, yes. my intuition gave me that hunch for a reason, you know, that yep. gave me that feeling so that I could wake up and I could see the truth. What is the connection between intuition and creativity? Oh, yeah. So in my book, I talk about the four different types of intuition and creative intuition is one of them. So basically, you know, we're all kind of born with different affinities, like we're different types of intuition. It's like some people are very creative. Some people are actually really good at just knowing things. Other people might, you know, sense things. So there's the different pathways that our intuition can speak to us. And the creative intuition is so important and really comes into the world through all creative aspects, whether it's writing, art, new ideas, innovation. And that's how it's really tied in. I I sort of went into that pathway through technology because people think, oh, technology is not intuitive. But, you know, working for 20 years in tech, you know, within the last 10 years, I started hearing people talk about intuition all the time, which to me was strange because intuition was something very spiritual for me. And then I started to realize that there is a whole different part of intuition that is is in the same way that you know spiritual intuition is it's connected to our growth 
and insight and evolution. And this ties in with creativity. It's so interesting because it ties into that sort of visionary process of not just creating art, but creating change, creating our lives, right? Creating a better world, right? Creating and evolving and transforming. So it's really that transformational impulse to improve our lives and improve the world. So mm-hmm. if when you're creative, you know, you're getting these new ideas, right? So, and it's just, a, it's just a matter of how you choose to express them. I'm like shaking my head in, in total agreement. Because <laughs> <Yes. laughs> a lot of what I teach, and I've been teaching this for years, even before I really knew the science behind it, but I teach people to use writing as a tool to access their own intuition. Yes. And I don't always say it that way, but, but you're mm-hmm. using writing as a way to like, understand your life, to have greater perspective, to find what I call your narrator voice, which is, it's your intuitive voice. It's the Mm -hmm. voice that's telling you what's going to happen next before it even happens. You've written this book called Radical Intuition. And I'm assuming, because I know how books go, you've been writing for years. (laughs) Yes. So talk to me about how writing can be connected to finding our intuition. Well, for me personally, uh, it is the one of the most direct access points for my intuition. It really is, you know, intuition is all about the flow. It's all about getting into the flow. And when you get into that space where you're writing and it's just flowing through your pen or through the, through the keyboard and your fingertips, that is the intuitive state. And that's a place where, you know, even like I always joke when my first book came out, I wrote my first book like 15 years ago. I like, I didn't even remember writing half of it because it just flowed through me, you know? And when you have that experience of something, just, and, you know, you hear musicians, they're writing music, talk about the same thing. This, it just flows through you. So mm. that state that I know you felt as well, I'm sure, through your writing process, that's that beautiful state of intuitive connection. Yes. Right? We can experience it in many different ways in life, but with writing, it's so clear and so easy. So, that's why I always like in my classes in intuition lab where I teach intuition, we do so much work with writing and journaling because that's that space, even stream of conscious writing and stream of conscious poetry, all that stuff is, is that those raw intuitive insights coming through you. So Mm. it's so valuable. Will you talk a little bit about the intuition lab? What is it? And what are you, yeah, what are you doing there? Yeah. So intuition in a lab that people like, okay, those are two things you wouldn't (laughs) expect to see together. But so coming from tech, the the idea of a lab of a place to experiment and learn and hack things, that's, that really appealed to me with intuition because about, uh, you know, after my first book came out, I sort of made it my mission in life to understand intuition and especially working in technology and, 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 you know, wanting to understand how intuition you know, really touches each of us in our personal lives and as, you know, sort of a global force of change and good. So, so I created an intuition lab about three years ago, well, four years ago now to start to, to really teach intuition and experiment with intuition and really learn how to develop it. So that's the thing, you know, the underpinning of all of this stuff is that we can develop our intuition. It's not just something that we have or don't have. It's mm-hmm. something, you know, and it's crazy to me because we go through our lives and we go to school for like 13 years and we learn how to use our brains and to, and to think about things rationally, but no one ever teaches us to learn how to use our intuition. So we have this yeah. magnificent, right? With this magnificent capability inside us that just, that, that, that just is atrophied and we, we barely know how to use it. It doesn't come with a user manual. You know, until we really sit down and try and figure it out, it just, you know, we just have to wait for it to pop in and, you know, sometimes inform us and, you know, sometimes guide us. But we really need to practice and learn how to open to that and become aware of it so it can serve us because there's so much there. 
there's so much there. Um, so yeah, so I, I teach live groups of uh, online cohorts, uh, from different beginner and advanced stages of intuitive development to go deeper into their intuition and mm-hmm. to really kind of hack intuition and learn more about ways that we can all become more intuitive. It's such important work that you're doing, not only because on a personal level, for me, discovering my own intuition, having access to it, the more and more access I have to it, the more power I have to create the life that I want. And that's full of joy for me. But also because of what I think we're being called to create as a community and as a global community Mm -hmm. in in the, the present circumstances that we're in, you have this quote on your Instagram that says, your soul is your true guru. Mm-hmm. Be still and listen to your higher self. And I loved that. I, I fixated on that because <laughs> one of the things that I think is really problematic in our current culture, and this is not new, but it's easier to see because of Instagram, the way that we latch on to certain people and certain voices mm. and we think of them as our gurus. And I just have been so convinced since I've been on this journey that there's really no one else in the world who can, it's not that we can't learn from people Mm -hmm. or have mentors. It's just that there's no one else who can tell me how to live my life because they're not me. Amen. (laughs) I don't know. I I think it's, you know, one of the greatest acts of resistance that we can have is to say, nobody else is my guru. I'm going to figure out what my true purpose is and I'm going to find my path and my greatest way to serve in this lifetime. For me, what had to happen first was I had to get myself right. Mm-hmm. I, had to, I had to really get my own life right before I could ever be of service to anybody else. I'd love to hear like, you know, just general experience or even if you have a story to tell about a client you've worked with and that evolution. Yeah. Well, I mean, first of all, that is 100% right. I mean, getting right with yourself, that is, it's like they say, you put yourself first and everything else falls in place, but not in a selfish way, but put your higher self first. That's what I say, you know, qualify that you put your higher self first and everything else falls in line. And all of the teachers and all the people along the way that you meet are teachers that are there only to lead you to that true self, right? So it's okay to follow someone who's showing you something about yourself, who's bringing you closer to yourself. But the end goal is to get you to that true inner guru, that inner guide that we all have. And like you said, at the end of the day, you know, no one, no one knows what we're meant for, except for us, mm, you know, true. and think about all the people, I mean, you, all the people out there who quote unquote, like made it in the world. How many naysayers, everybody who gets to these places yeah. of success is like, Oh, everyone told me I couldn't do that. You know, <laughs> you can't do that. Yeah. You're not, you're crazy, right? You're, you're not, you're, that's impossible, right? How many times have we been told that? But yeah. when you have that intuitive calling, it's telling you, no, it's not crazy. That this is actually what I'm meant to do. You know, whether I succeed at the outcomes I expect, right, or not, it is when you're when you have that calling, it's a calling that you're meant to take for a reason that you know life knows, the university knows, even if you don't know, right? So it's mm-hmm. our responsibility to really listen to those callings and not listen to the naysayers and not listen to those voices that make us feel smaller because we, only us, there's nobody in the world that knows more than we do, what we're meant for and what we're capable of. I know there are so many people listening who, as you're talking about this, I'm a, I know that they're going to be thinking about the book that they've, they've been wanting to write. Like a, a lot of our listeners have an intuitive sense that there's a book in them that's supposed to come out someday, but they're not, they don't know where to start. So can you talk about that a little bit about like, how did you know that you wanted to write this book and how did you get started doing it? Yeah. And you know, that is, that's such a great thing for us to talk about because 
you know, I was one of those people. I was one of those people. You know, my, my first book just deal fell in my lap. It was a, it was a total act of intuition. Uh, the universe just put some stuff together and, and the, it just happened, right? So whatever, that happened. But then after, I, I just had this feeling that that was just sort of a gateway and that it was just the beginning. And, and I just had this calling that I, I just get, that's the only word I could use to, to describe it, that I, that there was this bigger thing inside me that I had to write. And, and I just never gave up. And it was just one of those things like in the beginning, you know, all the avenues that I take, it, it wasn't the right way. And I had to like, fail, I truly had to fail my way forward through this for mm-hmm. 10 years. You know, it took me 10 years to, to culminate this vision and to learn the things that I needed to learn to write this book, because this isn't just a book that, you know, it's just some ideas thrown together. I mean, this is, there is years of research, years of studying, yeah. years of working with all kinds of people from all walks of life to really understand this. And I didn't understand in the very early stages that it was all really adding up to this because I couldn't see the big vision. I couldn't see the big picture back then, right? So my advice is, you know, is not to be frustrated if if, if this moment isn't giving you the results that you're hoping for right now, but to stick with it and keep following your intuition. Never, never, never give up on yourself. Never mm-hmm. give up on your intuition. Never give up on that inner voice. It's there for a reason. You know, if, if you're, if you have something inside you that the life is calling you to express, stick with it. You know, you might have to polish it up. There might be things that you don't expect coming down the road to take you in some different directions, but just follow that voice and that calling step yeah. by step and trust it. So, so good. If, if someone listening picks up this book, what do you hope is the number one thing that they take away from it? Well, I hope that they learn to trust themselves. And that's at the end of the day, what I really want people to come away from this book. There's a lot of techniques in there. There's a lot of workshops of all the different things to help you understand intuition. But the most important thing that we can do is move into that space of learning to trust our inner truth and then live that inner truth and have the confidence to do it, right? Because it's one thing to know like, okay, my intuition's telling me this, I need to do it. It's another thing to be confident enough in your intuition to go out and do those things in the world and put it into action. Yes. Because this is a podcast where we talk a lot about writing, and I know we have a lot of writers who are listening. The last group of questions that I always ask has to do with your writing practice. Mm -hmm. Can you talk about what writing looks like for you on a daily basis? And also, I'm curious, what keeps you coming back to writing over and over again? Writing is really is, it's a staple it's a staple in my life. And for me to connect to my intuition, anytime I'm feeling disconnected or feeling, cause you know, it happens to all of us, mm-hmm. you know, just sitting down and writing, whether it's putting together some new ideas or just working on an article or just working on something for idea for a new book. Like it's always about just keeping those little juices flowing. And for me, I, I just have folders. Like I keep different folders in my email cause that's how I organize my brain. Yeah. And <laughs> And I just listen, any little insight that pops in. And that's the thing, because you remember intuition just comes through these little quick insights. So I keep a place where I write, I, I just store them. I'll just jot them down and store them. And, and I might not have time to like go into them at a certain moment, but then I'll keep this folder of insights. So then when there's times when I want to just do some writing and really get into that zone, I'll go back and I'll use those little ideas, or mm. those little quotes or those little inspirational thoughts to flesh out um, some bigger ideas that could, who knows what they, it could turn into, but yeah, yeah. I mean, it's truly, it truly is one of the staples of my intuitive practice. So good. Well, 
Everyone listening, you should go follow Kim on Instagram. First of all, Kim.Chesney on Instagram. Also, here's another thing I think is really amazing. By the time you're listening to this, her book will be out in the world. Yay. But the release date of your book is November 3rd, which <laughs> feels so significant. Right. To me. Like It's just like teetering on the edge of like total world change. Yeah. Does, does that feel significant to you at all? Or oh. Am I just, that just oh, no. Like, And it's really funny because it wasn't intentional. You know, I always talk about God winks, which is like those little yeah. moments where the universe comes around and just says like little high five, like this is yeah. it. So w- we didn't realize that I think, you know, it just was a, you know, the Tuesday in November looked like a good release date. And then I remember yeah. the time I looked at it and I was like, oh, it's I election know. day. Yeah, totally. You, after you feel really depressed or, or happy, who knows who I will feel, you can go buy a copy of this book and it'll make you feel better. But you know, discover your true purpose. And exactly. How you I feel like it's very timely. I feel like it's a punctuation mark because it, it is a shift, right? <laughs> it totally is. Yeah, it completely is. Well, Kim, I'm just, I'm grateful that you're doing this work in the world. It's so important. It's changed my life. It's going to change the lives of people Aww, who are listening. Thank you. So thanks for the work you do. Thanks for sharing your time with us and your wisdom today. We're, we're really grateful. Um, thanks for having me. It's so great talking with you. Thanks for listening to the Find Your Voice podcast. We hope this inspires you to pick up a pen and start finding the words that will change your life, your community, and your world. If you liked what you heard today, share with a friend, rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. And if you haven't already, check out our website, findyourvoice.com. Subscribe to our Monday Motivation for free and get inspiring writing prompts in your inbox each week. Until next time, happy writing.